hey, Taike, and I don't want you to be the person that afterwards said, I wish I'd known all these facts to keep my heart healthy. And at the time of this recording, Lisa Marie Presley just suffered cardiac arrest. And if you didn't know, heart disease is the number one killer of women. In fact, after age 50, nearly half of all the deaths in women are due to some form. Once women reach the age of 50 and above, about the same age of natural menopause, their risk of heart disease increases dramatically. And we're talking today about women's heart health, facts that every woman should know. I wanted to pop in just quickly one more time and tell you about an exciting program called the Empty Nester Reboot for Women Over 50, 60, and Beyond. And did you know that Pilates and intermittent fasting combined are the most effective way to lose body fat, supercharge your energy for a woman over 50 and 60? Well, that's what the Empty Nester Reboot is all about. If you feel like you're spinning in place and you're not reaching the health and fitness goals that you want, feeling amazing and strong and energized, then the Emptiness Reboot has your name written all over it. We're talking about easy strategies to implement exercise and eating into your day. We're creating nutritious meals and meal plans that are easy to follow. We're also thinking about what it is that we want to do in our second half of life and how we keep moving forward strong in body and in mind. So don't miss out to apply for the Emptiness Reboot and we're starting again in April. I'll leave the link in the show notes for you to grab your seat. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies, and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable, so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best in life, so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Heart health is necessarily not something that comes to mind when you're over 50, 60 and beyond. We mostly think about muscle tone, strengthening the body, osteoporosis, but heart health is equally important for your health, your longevity, and your well-being. So today we're talking all about heart health and facts 
and details and information that every woman over 50 should know. Well, February is National Heart Health Month in the United States, and it spotlights heart disease as the number one killer of Americans. President Lyndon B. Johnson issued the first proclamation in 1964, and he was among millions of people in the country who've had heart attacks. What types of heart diseases are there? Because it can get a little bit confusing when you think about the term just heart disease. What does it entail? The term heart disease refers to several types of heart conditions. The most common type of heart disease for people over 50 is coronary heart disease, also known as CAD, CAD. Coronary heart disease occurs when the arteries that supply blood to the heart become narrowed or blocked by plaque. This can lead to chest pain, shortness of breath, and even heart attack. Another type of heart disease is cardiac arrest. This occurs when the heart is unable to pump enough blood to meet the body's needs and people stop to breathe normally. This can cause fatigue, shortness of breath, and swelling in the legs. Many cardiac arrests in adults happen because of a heart attack. This is because a person who is having a heart attack may develop dangerous heart rhythms, which can cause cardiac arrest. So a little bit more about what this all means if you're not a heart specialist. So let's talk about the heart disease risks for women over 50. Women over 50 are at a slightly higher risk from dying from a heart attack than men of the same age. And there are several reasons for this. One reason is that heart disease tends to develop later in life after menopause in women. Additionally, women's symptoms of heart disease may be more subtle than men's, making it harder to diagnose and treat and Many women just think, ah, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I feel like I have indigestion. I'll be fine. But it is important for women over 50 and 60 and beyond to be aware of the risk of heart disease and to ensure they receive regular screening and treatment to reduce their risk of a heart attack. Super important. So go to your annual physical, have your EKG, do all the stuff they do at the doctor's office and don't put it, push it aside and say, I have no signs, I'll be fine. You also may be at a higher risk for developing heart disease if you have a family history of it. Pregnancy, birth control, and hormonal changes in the years surrounding menopause can also increase a woman's risk of heart disease. For women, menopause doesn't have or cause, I should say, cardiovascular disease, but risk factors can occur around this period of a woman's life and heart disease symptoms may become more evident afterwards. Some of the common risk factors that are or can be prevented with lifestyle changes as being overweight or obese. So if you're overweight or obese, is you are carrying a lot of body fat, including the big belly, which is a risk factor for heart disease. So weight control is important. Eating an unhealthy diet, 
And I always just think about the burgers and the fries. I'm sure there's other unhealthy eating habits like eating a lot of chips or eating continuously fried food or processed food only without a healthy, nutritious meals contribute to heart disease. Not exercising enough. I'm just saying couch potato. That's all I'm saying. Drinking too much alcohol. Definitely a risk and that can be also an overlooked risk for heart disease diabetes smoking is on the list i know that many people don't smoke anymore but i just want to put it in there in case you do still smoke or know somebody that is smoking and they put themselves at risk for heart disease and high cholesterol of course Many of these symptoms can be treated with a lifestyle change or a lifestyle overhaul that includes aerobic exercise, managing your body weight, and eating a well-balanced diet. I'll talk about this in detail a little bit more because there's so much we don't know or we push aside, including menopause and heart disease. Menopause plays an important role in heart health for women over 50 ladies, 50, 60 and beyond. As women get into menopause, their levels of estrogen decreases, which can increase the risk of heart disease. So what does estrogen do? Estrogen has a protective effect on the heart. So lower hormone levels can lead to increased risk factors such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and obesity. Additionally, menopause can lead to increased inflammation in the body, which is also a risk factor for heart disease. Furthermore, the hormone changes during menopause can make it more difficult, does that ring a bell, for women to control their weight, control diabetes, and and that increases the risk of heart disease. So I know we're pushing a heavy rock up the hill because aging is not on our side. Our estrogen levels are low. Belly fat's not going away. It's sometimes I know it can be so frustrating. And my clients tell me about it. And I'm 62 now. And let me tell you, I'm in the same boat as you are. It does not come easy, but it is worth it. So it is super important for women who are going through menopause or close to menopause to pay special attention to their heart health or even including also after menopause. By managing their risk factors such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol and diabetes and obesity. I know I keep repeating myself, but sometimes it needs repeating. So it really sinks in how important it is to protect your heart health. Also check out my post on the five ways to boost your metabolism. It's not directly related to heart disease, but a boosted boosted metabolism, leaner muscle mass increases your fat burning capacity. So women's heart health facts, every woman should know. And here are the five ways how you can improve your heart health over 50, 60, and beyond. You know, research has shown that exercising regularly in middle age, as it's also called, can improve the elasticity of blood vessels, 
brought on by a sedentary lifestyle and reduce cardiovascular disease risk. So here's number one. Be active. You know I was going to be all about this, and this has to be number one. I always say, repeat after me, exercise is good for you. One of my mantras. Being active is really a major step towards good heart health and preventing heart health in women over 50, 60, and beyond. You know, aerobic exercises such as brisk walking, jogging, running, cycling, swimming, and dancing are excellent for improving cardiovascular fitness, increasing heart and lung efficiency, makes it also easier to breathe, and hence reduce the risk of heart disease. You know, aerobic exercises help to increase the blood flow in the heart, which can help lower blood pressure. If you've been to the doctor and they said, "Mm, you're borderline high blood pressure, the first thing they say is exercise more and to improve your cholesterol levels and decrease the risk of heart attack and stroke. Aerobic exercise is the way to go. Now, As I was preparing for this episode, I thought, let's look a little bit closer at the currently more popular exercise modalities that are out there, or some of the things that you thought would be great, maybe they're not so great. So let's dive into HIIT, high intensity interval training versus strength training. Okay, high intensity interval, also known as HIIT, is a great way to prevent heart disease from occurring. One study by the Canadian Journal of Cardiology found that 15-second exercise intervals at peak, which means 80%, 85% of your max cardiovascular fit, uh, health or levels, I should say, power mix this with passive recovery. So you do 15 seconds full on and then you recover for the same duration, for the same time. 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off are one of the most effective ways in preventing cardiovascular disease. Now, before you jump into HIT, check with your knees, your hips, your shoulders. This may not be your choice of exercise. I don't know your body. It is not my choice of exercise. It's too impact-ridden. It's too intense for my joints because I want to protect my knees, my ankles, my hips, and my shoulders for the rest of my life. So I choose different things to do for my impact, which is walking, my main form, instead of running. And I I do have a what's called a bad knee. So I have severe osteoarthritis and I have a torn meniscus. So my knee does not take that impact from a HIIT class or from running. So I'm sticking for my cardio to walking, biking, and swimming. And we'll get to those in a minute. So resistance training, which I'm a huge fan of, it has more specific effect on your body composition, which I mentioned earlier is increasing your metabolism. So for people that have a lot of body fat, including the big belly or big fat around your belly, which is a risk factor for heart disease, It can help to reduce fat and create leaner muscle mass. And also it improves your metabolism, burning more calories even at rest. 
Research also shows that a combination of aerobic exercise and resistance work may help raise the good cholesterol, HDL, and lower the LDL, the bad cholesterol. So I don't know about your cholesterol levels. Go check with your doctor. Don't ditch strength training for aerobic exercise only, including resistance training at least two non-consecutive days per week. So every other day is a good rule of thumb, according to the American College of Sports Medicine. Let's move on to running versus walking. Here's a report by the American Heart Association that finds that walking is as good as running when it comes to lowering your risk for heart disease. Did you know that? I did not know that until I did my research for this episode. Walking can improve your cholesterol, blood pressure, energy levels, and you can also fight weight gain to improve your overall health. Now, this is great news for women over 50, like me, who can no longer run, but want a workout that's kinder on their joints. So walking, go for it. And we'll get to the times later. Now let's get to biking, dancing, and swimming, which I have adopted as a triathlete. I started becoming a triathlete when my knee would now, which I now know is the quote unquote air quotes, bad knee started giving me troubles and I wasn't sure what to do. So I said, let's just stop the pounding and focus more on swimming and biking. Now I did learn swimming only from the time of this recording seven years ago. I could do some pseudo breaststroke or I could do a fake freestyle, but I wouldn't get fast with that. But I learned how to swim and I'm so glad I did because now I can incorporate swimming, which is a full body workout into my end. Let me add this. And it's no impact on the joints once or twice a week. Do I swim fast? No. Am I really good at it? No. Is it my favorite thing to do? No. Do I do it anyways? Yes, because it gives me variety. Gives me something else to do other than walking. Uh, So biking again, I also did uh, added biking in. I love biking. I become really a fan of outdoor biking, indoor biking. Um, on my tri bike that's on a stand, which you may have seen on some of the social media pictures that I'm sharing. But let's talk about biking, dancing, and swimming. I love dancing too. Bottom line, aerobic exercise increases the heart rate, strengthens your heart muscles, helps to manage weight, and lowers blood pressure. And I say it again, walking, swimming, dancing, and riding a bike are excellent ways to achieve those goals and Those are easy on the joints. I also wanted to know what Pilates does. Does Pilates really improve your heart health? I have read that Pilates will help you lose weight. Not true. Don't believe it. It may be a side effect of you doing the exercises. You're starting to exercise to use maybe the reform of the Cadillac or the cheer, or just the mat work, and you start to feel better because you started moving more, you put on lean muscle mass, and you became more mindful, which is part of the Pilates practice as well, but it's not a weight loss program per se. So Pilates is a form of exercise. 
that focuses on building strength, flexibility, balance, and control in the, of the entire body and increases core strength. It is low impact and it is gentle on the joints. It's a huge benefit. There is some evidence that suggests that regular Pilates practice may have a beneficial of the heart, but the Pilates has exercises or programs have not been tested like other cardiovascular programs with a breathing or respiratory mask to measure the output of oxygen and all of that will happen maybe at some time, but it may also not happen. So I would not recommend Pilates as a weight loss or, or a heart health program, but you know what? The benefits gained through the Pilates practice result in a stronger core, balanced use of the entire body, better balance and posture, improved breathing, and the low impact nature of Pilates is ideal for women over 50 and their general health. I want you to also check out the best exercises for women over 50 because that's one question that keeps coming back. Heike, what's the best exercise for women over 50? Heike, what should I do? What kind of exercise would be great for me now that I'm over 50? Heike, what do you do? Well, I'm a triathlete. I walk now, run, walk, bike, and swim. I do Pilates twice a week or and strength training. So I do weights and bands in my little studio and I change it up every day. So I don't do the same thing every day. And this brings us to how long should you exercise? To promote heart health, it is recommended to do at least 150 minutes of aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous, intense aerobic activity a week or a combination of the both. So if you think those 150 minutes a week, that's only 30 minutes, five days per week. So two days, you don't do anything. But on those two days, you do cardio, I'm sorry, you do strength training, you do Pilates, you do weights, uh, any form of resistance training is great. So you can break this up throughout the week. So don't do the same thing over and over. Change it up because your muscles will get used to what you're doing and you will not see the difference in your body composition, number one, and also your heart health, because your body will go through adaptation. Combine this with moderate, like I said, high intensity muscle strengthening. I don't know if it's high intensity, moderate is always good for me, at least two days a week. You will notice how much stronger and healthier you feel afterwards, and you're giving your heart a good workout and your muscles will get stronger so you can do more or longer like for instance but what do I do in the week well on Monday I walk for an hour and I use my resistance bands or the TRX on Tuesday I bike for an hour on my stationary bike or with the weather is nice I take my bike outside on Wednesday I usually go swimming on Thursday I bike again, this is my third cardio of the week, but I also do weight training in the morning. So I use my dumbbells. Friday is my recovery day. I do nothing, just hang out and recover because we do grow our health and get stronger 
while we recover. And on the weekends, usually one day I walk and one day I bike. And that's usually a longer workout over an hour to an like say more like an hour and a half to two hours. And that's pretty much looks like my week. Now I also add, depending on the day or when it fits the best, twice Pilates in there. So if I ditch on Monday, I don't feel like doing my bands, I'll do a reformer workout or a little bit of a mat class. So there's variety there. And if you if you can't keep track of what you're doing, just write on a piece of paper the things that you would like to do in a week, how long you have, how much time you can spend doing this exercise that, that particular day, then break it down into something that you can bite-size put in and create variety in that. Okay, number two, what is the best diet to protect against heart disease? The best diet for anybody, and especially for women over 50 and 60, is a diet rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and healthy fats, which can help lower the risk of heart disease. So what would that look like? Fruits and vegetables are rich in antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals, and that can help lower blood pressure, and improve cholesterol levels. Think any fruit, any vegetable, we're not discriminating. As long as it's fruits and vegetables, we're good to go. Whole grains are high in fiber, and because of that, they can lower cholesterol and improve heart health. Lean proteins like fish, poultry, plant-based sources such as beans, lentils, and tofu. They are all rich in omega-3 fatty acids, which can help reduce inflammation in the body. Healthy fats, one of my favorites again. This include, these include monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats, which can help lower cholesterol and reduce the risk of heart disease. Good sources of healthy fats are, of course, drumroll, avocados, nuts, seeds, olive oil, flaxseed, whatever floats your boat, any of those guys work well. Now, of course, we want to limit the intake of processed foods, sugary drinks, and saturated and trans fats, like saturated like butter and things like that, which can increase the risk of heart disease. If you're looking for simple, healthy recipes, with a meal plan and a way to track your meals so that you know what you're eating, what's on your plate, and meals that are protecting your heart health, check out my three new recipe packs for any lifestyle. You can choose from five ingredient recipe meal packs only to high protein, low carb recipe meal packs, or you get all three of them in my pogo deal. But I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to check them out and see if this is something you would love to add to your library of recipes. Now, let's keep our heads up and reduce our alcohol consumption and drink in moderation. Moderation, what does it mean? Moderate drinking is defined as an average of one drink per day for women and one or two for men. You know, a drink might be less than you think. A drink is 12 ounces of beer, 4 ounces of wine, or 1.5 ounces of 80 proof spirits. So I don't know anything about this kind of stuff, like spirits and heart liquor, 
but it all adds up. A glass of wine goes down so quickly. We don't even realize that we drank the wine, especially as we're drinking, we're starting snacking and you can picture the whole picture as we're going down the route of alcohol, but we want to focus on heart health. So let's talk about intermittent fasting and heart disease. Intermittent fasting reduces inflammation and it encourages autophagy. Autophagy is a natural part of your immune system process. It's the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells to regenerate new and healthier ones. Old damaged cells and abnormally developing cells are recycled and used for energy to create new healthy cells. A study also concluded that intermittent fasting reduces inflammation and inflammation can lead to various diseases, heads up, such as diabetes, multiple sclerosis, inflammatory bowel disease. This is particularly important for women in midlife as many of those conditions do start to creep up. Intermittent fasting is an effective way to minimize the risk of these illnesses. And when we're talking about diabetes, reducing inflammation, which is also what I've talked about, intermittent fasting may not be directly related to heart disease, but it might be something to consider when looking to reduce inflammation throughout the whole body, eating more mindfully and choosing the right foods to fuel your energy. I'm leaving a link in the show notes for my post on five amazing ways intermittent fasting helps you in midlife. But on the other hand, did you know that Pilates and intermittent fasting combined is the most effective way to lose body fat and supercharge your energy? Check out the Empty Nest Reboot program where we combine Pilates and strength training with intermittent fasting to help you lose weight, get lean, and boost your metabolism. I leave a link in the show notes so you can apply for the next round in April. On to number three, keep a healthy weight. Well, that's easier said than done. What you might wonder, okay, how much should I weigh? How do I find out what my ideal weight is? You know, bottom line, There's no single ideal weight for everyone. And when you look at the weight charts, it usually says you're 5'9", your weight can be between 125 to 176. That's a big range of weight that you can be based on your height. So somebody may also say it's really simple. It depends on how you feel. If you feel good in the body you're in, then this is the right weight. Biological factors that affect the ideal weight are your age, height, and gender, which is as important as the number you can find on the chart. The BMI, the body mass index, is one chart you might find helpful. I leave a link here for a calculator in the in the show notes so you can find your height and weight and maybe go to use this as a guide. The results are based on height and weight and don't consider any other of the considerations that I mentioned above. I find measuring body fat percentage more useful. It is the weight of a person's fat divided by their total weight. The measures uh, includes both the, the person's essential and the stored fat. 
Now the acceptable body fat range is 20 to 30% and the obese is from 32% up for women. It is easier to have somebody else do it for you consistently and have it done every month to see if there's a change in your habits into what you're doing, including uh, start changing your exercise routine to reach your heart health. I find that easier than doing it on your own. It's a little awkward. You can also do measurements. Yeah, Just take a measuring tape and measure your chest, your belly, your hips, your one arm, your dominant arm, and your dominant leg. So that would be another way how you can start measuring and hold yourself accountable for the steps that you're taking because now you took action but you're not sure is this actually working aside from the doctor's measures that that measures all the things when you come in for your annual checkup so you don't want to wait for a whole year on to diabetes because i mentioned it several times so far in the uh, episode having diabetes means that the body cannot properly process glucose sugar in the blood, which can lead to high blood sugar levels, which can damage the blood vessels and nerves that control the heart, increasing the risk, you got it, of heart disease. People with diabetes are also more likely to have other factors of of heart disease, such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and are obese or overweight. In addition, diabetes can increase the risk of heart attack and stroke. So I'm laying it out for you. Get moving, eat healthy, and number four, reduce stress. Stress increases cortisol levels, which can lead to unwanted weight gain, especially around the belly, and yes, it increases the risk of heart disease. Here's some three simple steps for you to manage your stress. Number one is remove yourself from any stressful situation. Don't engage. Walk away. Even if it's tempting to fight it out and and, uh, your hands are already sweating and your heart is racing, this is not a good way to take care of your heart. Disengage and move away from a stressful situation. Go for a walk and breathe to relax. Go for a walk anytime you feel stressed, anytime you've been sitting on your butt ski too long, anytime you have a chance, instead of scrolling the social, get your butt ski moving. And then boundaries, setting boundaries is always a big one in my world. Don't let people take advantage of you, pile stuff on you that you don't want. So just say no, no thank you, no I don't want this. And don't feel bad about it or guilty. Just say no. Other ways you can reduce your stress is take a hot bubble bath, listen to relaxing music, do just breathing or some Pilates exercises. Pilates is so mindful. If you ask me, then you combine Pilates with good Pilates breathing. It's the bomb. I love it. Because usually yoga gets the yay relaxing, but Pilates, try it out. It's awesome. So these are some of the tips that I would start implementing if you're starting to stress. And finally, number five is practice better sleep hygiene. 
Research has shown that sleep is an essential component of cardiovascular health. De-stress before bed, take a hot bath, journal, keep your room dark and cool are some of the strategies that you can implement to get a good night's sleep. Is every night be going to be good? Of course not. Just last night, I woke up at 2.30 and decided that I was awake, wide awake. So I pushed away all the things that I might have thought about. And I started counting. I started breathing. And, uh, well, you're my friends here. You, you can hear this. I cuddle with my husband. And hopefully that will put me to sleep. So it is important to reduce the stress before you go to bed. And whatever works for you, if incense works for you, if uh, blackout curtains work for you, play around with this. Sleep at our age can be really tough to get by sometimes. But try. It's worth it. So here are the five ways to improve women's heart health for, over for women over 50, 60, and beyond. So there are the several, the five steps that help you improve your heart health not to be overlooked. One of the most important things is maintaining a healthy lifestyle, which I said before is including a, a balanced diet, exercising, physically fit regularly, maintain a healthy weight, and of course, Quit smoking. I have to say it because you see it everywhere. If I don't say it, I wouldn't do a good job. Uh, avoid excessive alcohol. Check in when you're drinking. Manage your stress through some of the techniques I shared with you. And also get regular checkups with your healthcare provider so you can monitor your heart health and check for any signs of heart disease because heart disease is a silent killer. I'm leaving a link for the American Heart Health Month toolkits for you for additional resources and information. So friends, I hope this episode is helping you in a big way to take care of your heart and improve your heart health. Please reach out to me at Heike Yitz on Instagram, Heike Yitz Pursue Your Spark on Facebook, and anywhere else that you can find me also now on TikTok. And let me know how I can help you. If you have any questions that I didn't answer today in this episode or things you want to know more about, I'm here for you, helping you with my podcast episodes, the best I know how to improve your health and really live your life in the second half of like life like you dreamed it. So with that, my friends, I'm out of here and I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.